The Big Scary Show is brought to you in part by Dark Imaginings. Web design, creepy changing portraits, and much, much more. DarkImaginings.com From the deepest, darkest creeps, to the backwoods swamp near the bottom, from the inside of your casket, to the fears lying deep inside your subconscious, it's time for the Big Scary Show. Dozer Entertainment, and you're listening to The Big Scary Show. All right, guys, this is Bone Daddy from Woods of Terror, Greensboro, North Carolina. A shout-out from The Big Scary Show. Hey, everybody, this is Tyler from Scary Face, and you are listening to The Big Scary Show. Hey, this is Mitch from Panic Point, and you guys are listening to The Big Scary Show. Hello, creeps. It's me, John Kassir, the voice of... The Crypt Keeper. <laughs> and you're listening to The Big Scary Show, the top podcast in the industry. <laughs> Hi, this is Chris H. with KHK Productions, and you are listening to The Big Scary Show. My name is Jason Champion from Dark Side Haunted Estates, Middlesex, North Carolina. And you're listening to The Big Scary Show. This is Chad Savage of Sinister Visions, and you're listening to The Big Scary Show. You're listening to The Big Scary Show with three big scary men and one that wears more makeup than I do. Uh, Greetings, listeners. I've been down in the Big Scary Show studio dungeon for way too long. I think I'm going to creep out and check out some of this nice weather. All right, it is hot outside, but the Big Scary Show is back and bringing you some cool interviews, news, and information to keep you occupied and entertained while you toil away at work, relax in the sun, or plan out the new parts of your haunt. Storm rants about AI technology in a haunt minute. Meat Hook Jim discusses the Festival of the Dead. Badger brings you the latest in Deadline news. And the old crone speaks with a videographer about how he shoots inside haunted attractions. And speaking of haunted attractions, Badger brings you interviews with three different haunted attractions in North Carolina that were recorded at the recent Carolina Fear Fest. We might also have a gruesome giveaway winner for the month of June. Stick around and find out. The Roundtable of Terror discusses how to film inside your haunted attraction. We speak with a trio of photographers about the best ways to promote your haunt, tips and tricks for making it look spooky and amazing, and how you don't need thousands of dollars worth of equipment to get great results. It's a fun and interesting conversation you don't want to miss. 
We hid the body, but you will become an accomplice just by listening to The Big Scary Show. And stay hydrated out there. Good evening. My name is Deadfield, the zombie butler. Visit me and all my friends here at vfxcreates.com and check out the new Putrid Pete, the zombie puppet. We have several new products that you might want to see. <laughs> see you soon at vfxcreates.com Music by Midnight Syndicate If you think all vampires are ugly creatures of the night, then you are in for a shattering surprise. Lust for a vampire. Disciples of the Black Mass, devils in female bodies, whose embrace is the kiss of death for man or woman. Lust for a Vampire. Released by American Continental Films in color. Rated R. Hello everybody, Drew Badger here, live at Carolina Fear Fest in Raleigh, North Carolina. And if you head just east of Raleigh, oh, 30, 45 minutes or so, you come around the town of Middlesex, North Carolina, home of Darkside Haunted Estates, a very fine quality haunt out there in the middle of cornfields, soybean fields, and probably some development going on too. I got Jason Champion out here. How you doing, sir? We are doing great. How you doing today? We're doing fine, man. How's the show been for you? It's been a real good show. We uh, brought out our new axe throw and our archery, and it's been a hit out here at the show. Axe throwing is like the big thing with haunts now. They they add up a new uh, a new thing. It used to be zombie shooting, and then it was escape rooms and now axe throwing what why is there why are so many people wanting to throw axes around you think i don't know but maybe it's to take the frustration out in life <laughs> that's all i can think of that that's a very very logical answer too that's another reason we go to haunted houses escape reality spend some emotion and and go get scared so hey and speaking of scary let's talk about dark side haunted estates first of all how was the season it was great yeah, our biggest year yet Everybody I've talked to almost, this was the best season yet. So a lot of people were itching to get out. You know, COVID's done that thing for the last couple of years, and uh, hopefully it keeps getting better and better. But uh, what can we expect from Darkside Haunted Estates this year? So we expanded our parking, hopefully help with some of the parking issues. One of the things that a lot of haunts don't think about, but the customers sure notice. Yes, yes, that was a big deal for us this year. Also, we're uh, changing our, our asylum. Uh we're flip-flopping it, doing re-upping it, changing it. Our Bundy Hotel is getting an upgrade. Uh, our mine hopefully will be done if, if we have time. We're planning on changing the mine. We've added stuff to our hayride. So hopefully for a big and better show this year. Now you've got several different things. I can think of at least five or six different parts to your haunt. Would you consider yourself a destination haunt? People go there and they spend like two, maybe two and a half, three hours there. Yeah, they do. They come. I've seen people come from Virginia, South Carolina. There's actually been some that have flown in, and they make a, a whole weekend of it visiting different homes. So wow. that's that's great. So you know, you just bring the family. You sit down. You get a hot dog and a Pepsi, and you go. Hey, do the hayride. You go through the asylum. You go through the hotel. You go through the clown area. You do all that kind of stuff. And you just have a nice, great fall evening at Darkside Haunted State. That's right. That's right. That's what, that's what we look for is we try to keep it a, a family-friendly area. So it's 
we don't do a whole lot of devil stuff. We have a lot of church groups come, so you know we we pride ourselves on doing that. That that's Johnston County for you. You know you, you <laughs> got to keep it family friendly in that area. I used to live there. I do know. Yeah, did you? <laughs> yeah, really? I used to live in uh, Smithfield. I mean in Clayton. I used to work in Smithfield. I did not know that. It, it's a dirty secret we don't talk about. <laughs> So for people who will be traveling through North Carolina, maybe you live in Raleigh, maybe you live in Wilson or Rocky Mount or some of those places, you want to come to Middlesex, check out a pretty darn scary yet family-friendly haunt, Dark Side Haunted Estates. What are the websites and social medias where people can get more information, and do you have an opening night slated? Uh, DarksideHauntedEstates.com, and we are also on Facebook. Uh, you should be able to find us anywhere. I mean, it's, it's pretty easy find. Do you have an uh, opening night already set up, or are you still waiting to hear from that? Uh, September 23rd and 24th is our first weekend. We're just open on the weekends, and we go all the way through uh, November 5th. Oh, wow. So you're going to have a nice long season, and hopefully a very successful one. And we will certainly have to come out and check out Darkside Haunted Estates. Check out DarksideHauntedEstates.com. Do a Google search for them on the social medias. You'll find them. Jason Champion, a pleasure to see you here at the Carolina Fear Fest in Raleigh, representing Eastern North Carolina. My name is Drew Badger. We're out. Gathering of darkness. Darkness falls on the big scary show.
Enter the haunted world of Fright Find and discover an environment dedicated to promoting your haunt. Target customers who will influence others on attending haunt attractions as Fright Find brings in scream seekers looking for haunted places, events, and accommodations of every sort. Various exposure options give you the ability to reach your audience throughout the year. Don't be afraid. Go to FrightFind.com now to add your haunt for free and see for yourself the difference Fright Find will make in your haunt listing. Greetings, listeners, and welcome. Watch out, don't trip over that torso. It's time for Between the Corpses. Greetings listeners, Meat Hook Jim here, and on this episode of Between the Corpses, we are going to talk about a festival of death. According to the writer Bernard Mandeville, the hanging days in England were one continued fair for whores and rogues of the meaner sort. Apprentices and journeymen to the meanest trades are the most honorable part of these floating multitudes. All the rest are worse. As a rule, he was correct, although there is evidence that the politer classes attended when there was a sense of occasion about a hanging. If possible, they hired a window with a vantage point to survey the scene. Even aristocrats had been known to join the judges as spectators. However, the snaggletoothed women, leery men, and mischievous urchins arrayed before the scaffold were the final motley view beheld by the condemned. People were responsive to the victim. They hoped to see a cheerful countenance with proud bearing and unfailing courage in the face of death. It was called dying game. This frequently occurred with the victims dancing on the scaffold, calling out to the crowd and generally taking part of the festive atmosphere. Robert Hartley hanged a maidstone, Kent, in 1823, gave a bow to the crowd and wished all a happy new year. Some bold victims indulged in gallows humor, instantly earning respect of the mob. One highwayman allegedly spared with the hangman over the tightness of the noose. How, you rascal, have you a mind to strangle me? Those who began rambling speeches in the hope of a last-minute reprieve, were less popular. The crowd exhibited only limited patience before baying for action. Many of the doomed wore elegant outfits to exit in style. Highwaymen had a particular reputation for panache and courage in such circumstances. However, there were those who failed to indulge the crowd in its desire for smiles and songs. Fear reduced many to clammy, trembling wrecks, incapable of of weeping, talking, or even standing. When the victim was left hanging, it was not uncommon for them to urinate or defecate. The dying convulsed violently, spluttered, and sometimes bled from the ears. The crowd was often witness to googling eyes, lolling tongues, 
and the other dreadful symptoms of a slow strangulation, clearly visible when the victim refused to wear a hood. An agonizing death usually gave the crowd no pleasure. At the urging of the mob, the hangman usually sped up the process by swinging on the victim's legs. Sometimes relatives did the same. You know, just makes you wonder about back in the day, huh? We'll catch you on the next episode. Hello, everybody. Drew Badger here. We're live at the Carolina Fear Fest in Raleigh, North Carolina, the capital of North Carolina. And just to the north of Raleigh, North Carolina, is the town of Youngsville. Youngsville happens to be the site of Panic Point Haunted Attraction. I'm here with Mitch, creative director for Panic Point. How are you doing, sir? Doing great. Tell us about Carolina Fear Fest. How's it been? People are coming up and talking with you guys and coming into your booth and walking through this big, scary facade you've got here. What's going on? So uh, we decided to come out to Fear Fest this year. Uh, we're friends with the uh, director of the show, Stephanie, who's over at uh, the Devil's Playground. And uh, we decided to come out and kind of recruit. This is a little earlier than we normally start that, but it was a good time to find some like-minded people. And we've had a lot of really good interest uh, from the patrons coming through. Even the horror movie folks have been interested in checking out The Haunt. It's never too early to start recruiting, especially with the spring and the summer convention season. If you're a haunted attraction owner and you've got a horror con or a fantasy sci-fi con with a horror aspect, you should be at that show with a stack of applications or at least a QR code. That's what we opted for is a QR code. Yeah, yeah, damn technology, you know. You know I, I'm an old school. Here's a piece of paper and a pencil, but, you know, I'm, I'm just old. So tell us about Panic Point. I, I know you guys have been around a long time. I've unfortunately never been up there. Hopefully may try to get up there at some point soon. But um, I know you've been around at least a dozen years or so. I know you're coming up on 13. But tell us what uh, people can expect when they come up to uh, Panic Point. So uh, we are a theme park style haunted attraction we've got five main attractions two two cornfields one of which is dedicated to uh movie monsters because everybody loves them and then we have a separate attraction that's all rednecks in the woods and a corn we've got you never uh, find those in north carolina well they're, they're not hard to find we no, pick them up not easy. At all. uh and then we've got our uh main attraction the haunted forest which is about a half hour walk uh through 14 different scenes in the woods oh, nice. Uh, and we've got one more that's been a fan favorite, which is the dark trail, uh, which is you're holding a rope in the woods, walking through the dark. Not much more complicated than that. Uh, we recently added last year uh, a 40 theater set up in an old abandoned makeup trailer that we purchased uh, from a carnival that was called the Blower Brothers Carnival that burned down in the 1950s. And the trailer was the only thing that survived. Uh, so we've got a 40 theater in there with sound and things move in the room by themselves, kind of a paranormal uh, bit that people have really liked. Uh, and then past that, we just recently added a huge um, Universal-esque stage-lit show to our midway. So so this sounds like it's more of a destination as opposed to going here, then going there, then going here. Sounds like this is a place you could spend two to three hours. Even. Oh, yeah, absolutely. We want our patrons to come in and spend the whole evening with us and you know spend there, buy food, uh, go visit the carnival games, all that good stuff in between going to the various attractions. And it also helps keep our lines down a lot shorter oh, sure. for each attraction. Do you do the time ticketing or anything like that, or is it just come on up and uh, take your chances? So we originally went with the take your chances model, uh, but then COVID, I think, taught a lot of haunts that it was okay to do time ticketing. And it actually helps a lot with flow control. We can tell from, we got a spreadsheet worked out, tells us exactly when our lines are projected to clear based on how many people are in the park. And so we don't do specific 
blocks down to like 10 minutes, but we do half-hour blocks, and that keeps flow really nice and consistent throughout the evening. And, and I'm sure it keeps the complaints down. You know, I've been waiting in line for two hours. When are we going to get in? That kind of stuff. That was a problem that the owners of Panic Point, uh, Brian Garf and Jeff Hughley, really wanted to solve because they saw that problem at a lot of haunts. And that's one thing you won't see in our reviews. You'll get muddy. We get muddy in the reviews a lot, but we don't see a lot about a long wait. Um, which means our entertainment doesn't have to be so focused in our midway. It can be just a general vibe. And we, we actually play pop music, which is very controversial. A lot of people are upset about that. Um, but most of our patrons are kids, so they like it. So it works out well for everybody then. You don't have the lines. You can go in and hang out. You do like, do you have any escape rooms or axe throwing and that kind of stuff? Or is it just general midway kind just of Just midway spill? stuff except for the Carney, the Carney Crypt experience, which is that 40 thing that I was talking about earlier. Um, and that's the only real side experience that we have. We took a lot of them out. We used to do zombie laser tag, and it had its moment. And then eh, interest dwindled. We're getting ready to redo our carnival games, not this season, but next season for year 13. Nice. Um, so that'll be a nice addition midway. Excellent. So for people who may be in the Raleigh area, people who may be up in the Triangle or the northern half of North Carolina or anywhere, and they just want to come out get a quality haunted attraction that's been around a dozen years, how can people get more information on Panic Point? What is your opening day? What are your websites and social medias? Uh, so we have not released ticket sales yet for this year, but if you go to uh, com, that's our website, or if you Google us, Panic Point, it'll pull it right up. Um, and uh, our ticketing stuff should be out, I believe, middle of July. That's okay. when ticket sales open. And do you have, like, the Facebook, the Twitter, the yep. Instagram, the TikTok, We're all that? We're on Facebook, Instagram... And TikTok, I believe, are the three that we do. Okay. So, excellent. There. Well, Mitch, a pleasure to, to talk to you here. I wish you nothing Thanks, but success. Sir. Maybe I can get out to Panic Point this year. We will have to see. It's always a lot of fun to come and check out a brand-new haunt that I have not seen, they, especially when it's been around as long as yours. Once again, folks, my name is Drew Badger. We're here at the Carolina Fear Fest in Raleigh, and we are out. Hello everyone, Drew Badger here. This is Deadline News for episode 265. And we're starting off with some news from the Paranoia Haunted House in Canton, Georgia. Come get the first look at some of our new scares. Paranoia will be open for a Midsummer Night Scream on Saturday, July 9th from 8pm to midnight. We just passed halfway to Halloween, but the monsters are itching to get back out. And we're not going to make them wait. Can't wait until October to get your scream on. Our monsters will be out in full force, and both haunted attractions will be running. Get your tickets today at ParanoiaHaunt.com. It's not too early to start talking about Flashback Weekend in Chicago, so we have an update. Jeff Daniel Phillips joins Flashback Weekend Chicago Horror Convention August 5th through the 7th. Jeff stars as Herman Munster in Rob Zombie's The Monsters. Zombie has released behind-the-scenes footage from the set, and Jeff does an amazing job of bringing his iconic makeup to life. Herman Munster is one of the greatest characters in TV sitcom history, and we can't wait to ask Jeff what it was like to play such a coveted role. Jeff will be joining Robert England, Alex Winter, Steve Miner, Kane Hodder, Ken Kersinger, Robert Carradine, Heather Langenkamp, Amanda Weiss, Linda Wilcox, PJ Souls, and many, many more guests to be announced. Tickets are on sale soon at 
flashbackweekend.com. A little more convention news with this update from Days of the Dead coming to Indianapolis. It is with great pleasure that we announce the addition of actress Patty Mullen to the guest roster for Days of the Dead Indianapolis, happening July 22nd through the 24th at the Indianapolis Marriott East. Patty is best known for her role as the title character in Frank Hennenlotter's cult classic, Frankenhooker. And as an aside, she was the very first guest interviewed on our show. Tickets for Days of the Dead Indianapolis can be purchased at daysofthedead.com. We have some news from Haunt Scene. Haunt Scene is in search of a videographer, someone savvy with social media, specifically vlogs, TikTok reels, etc. If you or anyone you know is interested in joining our awesome team, let us know. What is Haunt Scene? We're a group that promotes and markets haunts and other spooky stuff to spread the awareness of this amazing independent and professional spooky industry. We travel and experience amazing things and document them to spread awareness. We're on all social platforms and do live shows where we bring industry professionals on to talk as well as inform you of all the spooky events and activities coming up. September and October require full weekend availability, so this is something to note. We're looking for someone located in Central Florida. More information can be found at their Facebook page, facebook.com slash hauntscene, or email hauntscene at gmail.com. We have some news from the Banshee Manor Haunted Attraction in Fayetteville, Arkansas. We're hiring for our 2022 season. Are you over 18 with reliable transportation? Do you howl with laughter every time you scare your friends? You might be a perfect scare actor. We need actors plus front and back of the house staff. As a bonus, you do get to work with the old crone. Get more information at BansheeManor.com. We have this update from Midsummer Scream coming to Long Beach, California. Special guest and presentation announcement joining us at Midsummer Scream July 29th through 31st is Greg Nicotero, special effects makeup legend and director of The Walking Dead. In addition to meeting fans on the show floor all weekend at the Tino Evil booth, Greg will be interviewed on Friday evening, July 29th at the event by Vamptress Leanna Vamp for a live recording of her podcast, Let's Get Spooky. They'll discuss Greg's career from working as an assistant to Tom Savini on Days of the Dead to taking the helm of the world's best-known horror franchise, The Walking Dead. Greg Nicotero's special effects makeup credit includes entries in the Halloween and Nightmare on Elm Street and Evil Dead series and has worked with directors including Quentin Tarantino, John Carpenter, and Michael Bay. In 1988, he formed the Emmy and Oscar-winning KNB EFX group with Robert Kurtzman and Howard Berger. Visit MidsummerScream.org for more information and updates. We have this news from Fear Factory SLC in Salt Lake City, Utah. Interested in joining our event staff? We're currently seeking individuals to join our front of house team. Event staff, ticketing, retail, etc. We're looking for people who have excellent people skills, have customer service experience, crave a flexible schedule, enjoy diversity, and love a fun, busy work environment. Show up for an in-person and on-the-spot interview in either June, July, August, or September. For more information and those dates, visit 
fearfactorysLC.com slash join dash us. And finally, we have some toy news from Mattel. This comes to us via iHorror.com. Mattel Creations and Monster High are teaming up with Universal Monsters to bring Dracula to their very limited collector series. The collectible went up for sale a few weeks ago at the Mattel Creations website. The Dracula Monster High Skullector doll's bloodthirsty look is inspired by the classic tuxedo, medallion, and cape, just like the original film. The designers made sure to include to-die-for details like a dramatic vampire-inspired face sculpt and long, inky black hair. Quote, We think the collectors will love this doll and package for the details in the story. It encompasses both iconic Dracula details from the 1931 movie and stunning Monster High product style and attention to detail. To order yours today, visit creations.mattel.com. Remember, folks, if you have news in the haunted house, Halloween, or horror industries, and you want it on the show, email it to us, news at bigscaryshow.com, and we'll get it on the show. No news is too big or too small. This concludes this edition of the Big Scary Show's Deadline News. <laughs> Want to take your haunt to a new dimension of terror? Then let Dark Imaginings conjure up some ghoulish graphics and web design services for your home, haunt, or crypt. To see more of our products and services, drop by darkimaginings.com. Let us help you get ahead of your competition. <laughs> And ladies and gentlemen, we hope you have been listening carefully to the last show because we're going to find out if we have a winner for the month of June for our gruesome giveaway sponsored by Screamline Studios. If you didn't win this month, you can either try again next month or you can go to ScreamlineStudios.com and start stocking up because, hey, October is only about three and a half months away. So we're not in panic mode yet. But if you need some of the cool stuff that Screamline's got, now is the time to go visit them and go shopping. But last show, we asked a question. We had a bunch of entries. We randomly selected one, and I think we have them on the phone now. Potential winner, what is your name? Where are you located? Todd Payne, Delton, Michigan. Todd Payne in Delton, Michigan. I am not familiar with Delton. Where is that? Um, Kalamazoo, Battle Creek area, north of that a little bit. Okay, I know where Kalamazoo is roughly, so very nice. So, Todd Payne, first of all, before we find out if you are indeed the winner, do need to ask you a couple of quick questions. Uh, number one, have we contacted you in any way, shape, or form other than to tell you when to call in? No. All right. And question number two, have you encouraged us to pick your name through any means necessary? No. All right. Well, Todd Payne from Delton, Michigan, let's find out if you are indeed the winner. Again, I never seem to have the question in front of me, so I'll paraphrase it. So the question for the June Gruesome Giveaway was, during the last Roundtable of Terror, one of our guests, Mark Muncy, 
mentioned that he carried a very unusual item with him when he went to book signings. What was that very unusual item? Robert the doll. And you are absolutely correct. It was a mini Robert the doll. Robert the doll is、um, very, very famous among the young people these days. My kids knew who it was. I did not. So. That's a、uh, that's a really spooky little thing that he keeps with him. But the most important thing about this is that Todd Payne of Delton, Michigan, you are the winner of the June gruesome giveaway. Wonderful! Thank you. Congratulations!、Uh, hold on the line. We'll get some shipping information from you so we can get Screamline to send you your prize.、Uh, do you work in the industry? Do you do a home haunt, home display, or act, or do anything like that? Oh, I got a little bit of yard display. Nothing too serious. Okay, very nice. So if you're in the Delton, Michigan area, go check his place out. I'm sure it's pretty darn scary in October, and hopefully, what Screamline sends you will be something you can use in that. So once again, we want to thank Todd Payne of Delton, Michigan, who is our June gruesome giveaway winner. And we also want to thank Screamline Studios for giving away these very fine products that we give out all year long here on the Big Scary Show. Again, if you did not win this month, we will do it all over again in July. So keep listening, Todd. Thank you very much for、uh, participating in the giveaway. All right, thank you. Once again, folks, ScreamlineStudios.com provides these prizes. We give them away every month here on the Big Scary Show. Broadcasting to you from the darkest reaches of the earth. This is a haunt minute, and now, with this week's commentary, Storm. All right. Each year, we see new advancements in technology and science, making haunters creepier, scarier, more efficient, more people. You know. Just doing the edge, everything from time ticketing to, you know, advanced animatronics and LED lighting and everything over the years has brought it to the next level, which is awesome. But perhaps science has gone too far. Perhaps we 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 have entered a stage where where things have gotten too science fiction and too advanced. And I present to you the the non-haunt thing, the Moxie robot. Oh, Storm! What's a Moxie robot? Well, no, it's not a soda out of Maine. It is a robot which is designed to be sort of like artificial intelligence and a friend for your children. That's right. If you don't have time to be a friend to your kid and ask him how his day has gone and and perhaps if he wants to write things down, if he wants to make playdates or not, the Moxie robot will do that for you. Yes, with its giant anime eyes, so it, you know you don't want to smash it with a baseball bat as it you know starts giving your kids orders and telling them what to do.、Uh, and I'm not kidding. Go ahead, Google that. Throw, bring it up on YouTube. That's the ad. Literally, these parents by the end of the ad are drinking wine, watching the robot ordering their kid around. Yes. So the Moxie robot, it's a thing. It exists. It's you know we're on the. Precipice of Skynet and you know artificial intelligence here, and what does that mean for the haunt industry? Yes, it is the dream, the secret dream of every haunt owner, and that is to replace the human 
actor. Yes, the animatronics, which, you know, aren't as good as humans, they'll, they'll say that as it is, may one day be as good as humans. Yes, could you imagine not having to have a haunt diva in your haunt? This is the dream of every uh, haunt owner, you know, secretly. They'll, they'll, they'll say it. So watch out, you know, be, be a little weary as the, you know, newest animatronic is rolled in and it starts to want to be your friend. It doesn't. It wants your haunt job. So until next time, keep every minute scary. Tune in next episode for another Haunt Minute. Hi, this is Josh Gates from Travel Channel's Expedition Unknown, reminding you to send all hate mail to storm at bigscaryshow.com. Ladies and gentlemen, that music does signify the round table of terror is on the air, proudly sponsored by our very fine sponsor, Haunt Pay. Whether you need time ticketing, whether you need any kind of ticketing purchases, video queue lines, anything like that, please visit hauntpay.com. Let Alex and his staff set you right up. Well, folks, you know, we've talked about promoting your haunts and doing all sorts of things to get people in the door. A lot of people use social media, billboards, radio, TV. But one thing that's been a little bit overlooked over the years is photography and videography. You know, with the advent of social media, everybody with a phone can go out there and take a walkthrough of a haunt. But it's probably a little bit more complicated and a little bit more extensive than just doing that to promote your haunts. So we thought we would talk to some folks who do photography to promote your haunt, whether it's still photos, whether it's video and all sorts of production stuff to get people through the doors in your haunt. And in general, you know, I dabble in a little amateur photography and I probably don't know 10 percent of what these guys do but we'll find out. So let's introduce our guests tonight. First of all, let's go up to the Philadelphia area and talk to Chris Roosh, a.k.a. Roosh. He is the owner of Dozer Entertainment and does a lot of shoots in and around haunted attractions. Roosh, how you doing? I'm good. How are you? Oh, we are fantastic here. We're just hanging out and getting ready to have a nice conversation, I think. So let's, let's introduce our next guest. We have Chris Holcomb who is actually the third person we've had from the Arx Mortis Haunted Attraction on this year. That's got to be some kind of a record. Down in Killen, Alabama with KHK Productions. Chris, how are you doing? I'm doing great, man. How are you guys doing? Again, having a good old time here and uh, looking forward to talking to you. And last but certainly not least, we have Tyler West, who is the owner of Scurry Face. If you have a Facebook account, you've probably heard of Scurry Face. They are all over the webs talking about various things that they do. They're in Birmingham, Alabama. Tyler, how are you, sir? 
I'm doing well. I appreciate the opportunity. Uh, glad to be here. Glad to have you here. And I certainly want to get into what Scurry Face does besides this, because you're everywhere. So, uh, but let's introduce our hosts. Up in Warwick, Rhode Island, we have Storm. Greetings from the starting line of the great race. I'm going to have to ask you about that a little later. <laughs> Down in Cincinnati, Ohio, we have Meat Hook Jim, who recently <clears throat> Yay, had no power. No storms tonight. I have power, yes. We have storm tonight. He's right. Yeah, you just introduced yeah, wh- wh- What do you now. mean? I'm, I'm still here. What, what are you, why do you hate storm, man? Come plural, on, plural, not singular. Okay, fine. <laughs> Down in Fayetteville, Arkansas, we have Jonna, a.k.a. the old crone, the inspiration for this roundtable. Good evening, gentlemen. It is great to have you here as well. My name is Drew Badger in Charlotte, where it finally hit 100 degrees, and it's only mid-June with 90% humidity. Don't remind God, us. Don't remind us. (laughs) I hate this so much. It's coming, folks. If if you haven't gotten it yet, it's coming. But let's talk to our guests here. Let's find out a little bit what they do. Roosh, tell us what Dozer Entertainment does. How do you apply it to the haunted attraction industry and and all that good stuff? So Dozer Entertainment. Dozer Entertainment, um, I have my character that I do travel with um, and go to haunted houses. you know, I, I'm on social media, on the TikToks and, um, you know, creating character content as well as last year I added on some uh, photography and videography equipment. So I have branched out into that department and kind to, you know, just trying to make a little something for myself here and bring some cool new creativity to the haunted house industry, you know, through visuals. When you say you have a character, are you like a traveling actor that yes. travels to different haunts? Yes. And what is your character or characters? His character name is Dozer, which is ironic. Dozer Entertainment. Ironic I kind of, uh, yeah, I tried to, I thought of trying to think of some creative name or this and that, but I already had the base built and it made sense to just kind of keep it all conjumbled together, you know? Um, it just worked. The base was already there for the name. Everybody already knows the character and, um, literally anywhere I traveled, that is the name I get called for the most part. Like haunt actors. If you go ask them Roosh, they probably won't have a clue. You mentioned Dozer. Yeah. Everybody's going to stand up and be like, yep, I know that <laughs> I know him. Um, for yep. the, for the, for the very few people that may not know who Dozer is, who is Dozer? Dozer is a, um, a three and a half year old kid basically it is my inner self um you know out in a form of a monster uh he's a clown i like to say he's not a clown i say he's a kid i kind of argue with people it's a funny little thing i go back and forth with but um yeah it's just uh he's just trying to bring a brighter side a funnier side to this world and kind of interacting with the humans and giving people some fun content man you know it's the entertainment aspect it's what we do in the haunted house uh, industry it's entertain you know absolutely all right and speaking of characters and everything uh tyler tell us what scurry face does down in birmingham and all points around it uh well scurry face does uh, i mean multiple things um it started out as you know traveling around visiting haunted houses uh, reviewing them um once upon a time and um that's kind of how it started in alabama uh, we travel, talk to the haunt owners, uh, travel to Georgia, start building up connections. Um, and we started writing reviews and putting it out there. And at that time, 
there wasn't a lot of reviews being written um being put out there especially like you know facebook and it was uh, being done by myself and a few others that have worked in the industry and so we tried to bring that side of it to the reviews versus it coming from a fan point of view to a to a, you know to people that's worked in the industry that's gone to these haunts that's worked on that's uh managed in uh and haunts they've been at and so scaryface grew from that and so now it's fast forward almost 11 years later scaryface has kind of turned into a thing where we want to go out and promote haunts um talk about the experience that we have when we go out to these haunts and so we go out there we film promos of our time there and uh, promote them on our website and so that's one side of what we do for haunts. The other side is during the off season, we try to keep the, the haunt industry alive and the spotlight on the haunters through the off season by showcasing the haunters. Um, that's what we do with our contest that we have going on. That's called the Scare Actor Spectacular that we put on. And so we have a bunch of reps that we bring on board with us, um, which uh, Roosh and Dozer and, and Chris Holcomb, they're, they're part of the Scary Face family as well. And so what we like to do is we like to bring people in a part of the scary face family and Holcomb says it the best. We like to support and do cool stuff with other people. And so that's, that's what it's all about with us is we try to create this family of uh, unique, talented individuals within the industry and support one another and promote each other and just continue to grow what we're all trying to do respectively, you know, with what, you know, whether it be photography, videography, acting, makeup uh production whatever it be may be that's what we try to do at scary face and that's it's kind of uh that's that's what our golden rule is just support one another and keep trying to promote and grow um and that's what we've been doing since 2012 do you also do characters or anything like that uh, me personally yes yeah uh i do have a... <laughs> <laughs> i mean <laughs> Yeah, uh, I do have a character that I do. Uh, like when uh, before I started Scaryface, I started haunting in '99, and uh, a character was created by accident, um, and it just kind of grew. So now I just use it as entertainment, just entertainment purposes um, for our shows and what we do. Um, I don't so much get in character when I go out to like say we get booked at a haunt. I don't bring my character with me. Um, I kind of leave him packed up in a in the closet somewhere um but like but reps will when the reps get around they they uh they're like we need your character out tonight just to mess with us so typically i'll break the character out just for <laughs> just for the reps just to mess with them and have a good time with them um so yeah that's yeah I don't, that's that's about all i want to talk about my character <laughs> <laughs> we we do not have to go into that any further <laughs> thank you very much <laughs> But Chris, tell us what you do with KHK Productions uh, with Arx Mortis or other things. Tell us about that. Uh, it's nothing crazy. It is just shenanigans with friends. Uh, we just get together with makeup artists and haunters from all over and we just shoot content. Uh, there's no reason it needs to die in October and people are just creative year round. So that's kind of what we do. There's no crazy backstory to it. Uh, I came from a volunteer haunted house. So to me, it was always you're helping each other do things and all of us are in it because we want to be in it. So we just took our passion and made it a year round thing. 
So do you guys all get hired to say, go out and promote a haunt, you know, haunt X, Y, Z. Do you guys just carry a bunch of cameras, a bunch of video cameras and, and just go out and raise havoc? Or do you guys sit down and do like formal shoots? How does, how does that work? Yeah. I mean, I have, I've definitely shot other haunts and it's not the shenanigans portion. We get together and we shoot legit real content and it's formal people swap in and out of characters and we shoot the, we shoot the normal haunt stuff. And then everything the rest of the year is basically us just dressing up and doing our own thing. Okay. Uh, Like with scary face, when we get booked to haunts, you know, we'll come out and like uh, when I'm, I'll do a lot of the video. So I'll, I like to be hang out in the midway because I, I don't my personal what I, what I like to do is I like to shoot what the audience, the, what the consumer is going to probably experience when they get there and buy tickets. And when we promote it, we want to promote it to them of, of things that they could experience out in the midway, what they'll see, what they'll do versus, you know, shooting a lot of stuff behind the scenes where they're not going to be able to go see. Um yeah, you know, we don't like to and I, I'm not a big fan of shooting inside the haunt and giving away certain things. Um, I, I like, to, you know, there's a couple of things I might, you know, if, if allowed, I might go in there and film a couple of things and edit it to where it's not going to give away anything, but it's going to show you a little glimpse. But, you know, we like to go out and shoot a lot of the Midway Entertainment, um, kind of give them a peek of this is what you're going to experience if you come buy a ticket for this haunt. And um, and it resonates really well with our fan base um, that, you know, what we do and speaking of content, when scary face gets together at events, we like to shoot content for ourselves for, to put out to on our shows and have fun with it. Um, so we'll, we'll have fun with that. And it's very laid back and it's, uh, it's kind of almost anything goes. We make up the scripts as literally on the fly and it, sometimes it's really bad and sometimes it turns into gold and it's, it's just, it's comedy gold. And, but at the same time it keeps, it keeps everybody active throughout the whole year. Uh, it's not, and like Holcomb said, but why has it got to end in October? And nope. so we try to continue to do that throughout the whole season with everybody. That was, uh, I was going to say, that was a, you know, good point. Speaking of um, doing it all year round, you know, like this past weekend, you know, I mean, you do have your off season events and stuff, but like this past weekend, we went out to, uh, I went out to Midwest Honors Convention. Chris was there. We were out at Midnight Terror Haunted House. You know, we had a, you know, a shenanigan shoot there, basically just brought a bunch of artists in and kind of just create content on the fly, you know, give something to everybody to post throughout the year, gives them new, fresh pictures. It helps us hone on our skills more of doing crazier stuff for when we, you know what I mean? It's, it's pushing the limits, you know, you need those times where you're not getting straight paid to get more creative with stuff. And it really oh, yeah. just keeps it going and keeps you going. You know what I mean? This is what we love to do. Money's great, but money's not everything at the same time. You know, I don't want to be yeah. overworked and swamped to where I'm just shooting for money all the time. You know, piggybacking off of that. I mean, it's just also really cool to work with actors in an environment where it feels like they're not trying to sell something. Correct. They're not trying to sell the haunted house. It's just a really cool haunt owner. Mm-hmm. with a haunted house who allowed us to go in and shoot there and we're and, all just trying to cross promote each other and give everybody yeah. bigger platforms to possibly be on you know it's not the best the, the uh whole Carthos are the best haunt owners is the ones that's like have fun do, do your thing um oh yeah yeah when they when they give you that free reign just to do your thing and they trust yeah. you with it that those are the best 
you know, th- those are the best times you'll ever have at a job or at a hunt doing what you're, you know, just giving you that creative freedom. Um, you know, I've been to hunts where they're, they, they only want you to shoot a certain angle. They only want you to show this in the background. You don't, you know, yeah. and it's like, well, okay. I mean, I'll do what you, you're, you're the boss at your hunt, but at the same time too, you're very, you know, you're, when you do that, you are handcuffing the person that's trying to promote you um yep. you're making it uh, almost an impossible task and i'm not steven spielberg or you know anything like that so i can't you know you, you won't give me three things to work with you know there's people that are probably a lot more talented than than i am that can do that but you know you got a hunt you got this especially if it's massive utilize it to promote and but when you run into those hunt uh, hunt owners that just give you the creative freedom man you can't ask for a better gig than that yep I think one of the biggest issues as an amateur photographer like myself is trying to get the right lighting. And I know you guys probably shoot either at night or if you do go inside a haunted house, you know, they're known for being dark and very poorly lit or very selective lighting. Um, What is, you know, give some advice here. How, how do you deal with, you know, low lighting and, and how does it differ from, you know, if you guys go out and do regular shoots in a controlled environment, like in a studio or something, assuming you do that, you know, how is, what are some of the biggest issues when you go to a haunt? They may say, go have fun, but you know, it, it's hard to shoot in a pitch black room or, you know, some oh, just yeah. have when, barely when like Tyler a spotlight just, or two. When Tyler was just talking and he was talking about how he doesn't like to go into haunts and shoot. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's a whole different beast right there because there's low lighting and then there's haunted house lighting. Basically you have to customize, like just rig something that is workable within a haunt. Cause you're right. I mean, it is 100% like you're supposed to see this one thing and not this other thing. So it fully comes full circle when you have to rig something together and then it's all in editing. Right. Yeah. You're, you're trying to disguise what they don't want you to see, but that needs to be there to do what you do yeah. on the first step of it. It was one of those things, you know, when you go to talking about the low lighting, um, a lot of it comes down to the camera equipment. You know, you can't, you know, a guy coming in there who shoots nature pictures with his cameras at certain f-stops aren't going to work in the, you know what I mean? Like, unless you like a lot of it, Chris introduced me to it, flash photography. We can create our own lighting and do whatever we want. Um, You know what I mean? You can do the crazy lights and, you know, this brighter and that darker or whatnot. You get the bigger variation of stuff. Um, Comes down to camera equipment, though, you know, your lenses. Um, stuff that's specialized that allows more lighting into the lens for shooting low light versus, you know, somebody who shoots outside. Their lenses aren't going to be capable of shooting that unless you have some crazy bright lights that are, you know, hundreds of watts to put out. Um, you know, they all go hand in hand. You just it's knowing your equipment, too, and what you need to do the job right for what you're shooting, you know. And when you go inside, if you say if you do film a couple of things inside, you know, like you said, you know, that there, there's this hunt lighting and it's um so when you and I've, I've seen people try to go through and film and you know everything changes when it comes to what the elements are and so unless you're the flash and you can just quickly change what you need to change you know you got to go kind of just got to go through because you, you, you don't want to go through and hold up groups either you try to get get in there and film and move on so you don't disrupt the pace of 
um, of the patrons and, and, and the flow of the hunt. So, you know, a lot of times that's why that's one reason I don't like doing it because it's just, you, you got to kind of continuously roll, but at the same time too, you know, I, if I go through a hunt, you know, one scene could be all strobe lights. One scene could be completely dark. Um, so you just kind of got to go through and pick and choose if the hunt owner gives you free reign, you just kind of got to pick and choose of what you want to film after you go through. And then when you walk back through, you know, I preferred like, you know, I like to give our audience when I film what we're, what we're doing, you know, I, I don't want it to be bright, crystal clear, 5k, 4k, I, you know, want to go through a hunt. I want it to look gritty. I want it to look, I want to kind of give it that gritty look feel to it. Um, you know, I, I don't want it to be, I don't want it to be crystal clear because I don't want them to see everything for one, like, like, uh, like Chris said, but, um, but I also wanted to give it that, that gritty feel to it. I want, you know, and sometimes the brightest light, there's camera crews that come through with that big bright light, which you can't yeah. ignore. And to me, that's <laughs> the way when, when you're watching the actor comes out and they get that bright light in their face, it disrupts what they're doing. It kind of disrupts their performance a little bit sometimes. And so sometimes just taking the lowest light settings <clears throat> or putting colored film over it and just kind of going through it and the, the old school night vision is sometimes a great thing. Um, it the really, perspective. yeah, it's a great perspective. Um, you know, like, you know, Chris, uh, you probably, you know, like, so you, so you do, you do a lot of the amazing pictures of, you know, for scary face when we come for MBV and you're in there shooting film all the time, stationary inside the, you know, inside the hunt and all that. So, I mean, I'm like, so you kind of know what I'm talking about when it comes to like video and versus photography wise, what I'm talking about, I guess. Oh yeah. It's, it's hysterical on my end because you're never going to get the right shot the first time. It is always messing with settings to get it right and messing with a partner in the haunt to get their end of it right. Where their light needs to be, what my settings need to be. And several times I have caught myself sitting in a boo hole for 30 plus minutes. Just I'd take a shot, look at it, see whether or not it works or not, and then have to hide while another group comes through and then another group and then another group. And it's just constantly trying to get one shot between all of this. That's a nightmare sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> sometimes it's yeah, and then <laughs> shooting shooting in season is also way different than shooting out of season. You know, if we oh. have time to sit there and shoot a pro, if you can shoot a promo where you can create your own lighting and not worry about all that stuff. You know, even then it he does Chris does a lot of the cinematic stuff, more cinematic stuff, you know, lighting there is, you know, thinking of what you want it to look like and the style of it and you know, where's your placement gonna be? I mean, it's complicated you've really got to use your brain of what you know how do i want the shot look and how am i going to pull it off yeah i've I've never been like i've I've walked through with uh chris walking through doing that um just one one time and you know i thought i was like man i gotta go we sat in the same scene for almost 45 minutes just trying to get through and i was like (laughs) i gotta go check on the other peeps man (laughs) imagine it's 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 nice it is rough So you guys were talking about like 4K and things like that. I'm almost 600 years old. I have no idea what all of this stuff is. So for the old crone, please explain some of these technical terms you're using. Uh, Chris, do you want to go or? All right. So basically what we're, what we're talking about 4K is just the quality of the video footage. Um, You know, on your cell phone, you have, if you have a, 
you know, a half decent cell phone anymore, you usually have 4K capabilities, at least 1080p. So basically the higher the number there, you know, 4K meaning 4,000, it's the pixels basically in the video. So the bigger the number, the better image quality that you are going to get. So like your TV, for instance, mostly in your living room, most of them are 4K now, you know, you're starting to see cameras and other things starting to hit 6K, 8K, meaning 6,000, 8,000, just bigger pixel quality, meaning clearer, you know, better picture. Yeah, so that's the bad thing is I bought a camera and it's 5K and there's a lot of things that just, are just not, it's not like the technology is not there unless you just pour money into it um, to support that. And so sometimes you have to, my case, you know, I go out the first time, the first haunt I bought my camera last, last year and I left it on 5k and I was like, Oh my God, I'm gonna film everything in 5k. This is going to be amazing. And I filmed almost two hours worth of stuff and they got back to my computer and my software and it couldn't handle the 5k. And I was like, Oh my gosh, I have all this stuff and it can't support it. And well, so then you have to downscale everything and then it takes it much longer than the editing is. It's, it's just longer. It's more drawn out, but with you know, but with technology, it's catching up, you know, and so it's the difference between even a 4K and 1080 is night and day. It's it's, it's amazing. It's crystal clear and it's just it's almost 3D like. Um, yeah. It's like you're right there. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's it's really good, and you know, and so but at the same time too, you can use that. But you, you know, some of the older cameras, you can still go 720 or whatever, and you still give it that old feeling to it. And um, and some people like that style, and you know, there's nothing wrong with it, man. It just all depends on preference, honestly, and what you know how you know what what kind of equipment you have. Going back to what Rush said earlier, you know, it just all depends on your equipment. Depends on what you want to shoot too. What's your style of the video that you're looking to shoot? You know what I mean? Or, it's like, you know. yep. Or do you want that gritty style, like you said? You can pick up an older camera instead of editing in 4K down to that. Pick up an older camera, maybe, and give it that original feel to it. You know, upscale it a little bit, and you yep. know, and I said it all depends on what you want to do, like you know how well you are in editing and everything, and. Um, and that's and that's, on go ahead, go ahead, on on our ends. I mean, that's kind of your preference, also. Like, I am very much I dabble in video. Yeah, but dabble my, in video. I, get out of here, yo! Have you ever seen your trailers, Chris? Dabble in video. Get out of here. He I puts on full video. cinematic, like three to four minute trailers for Arcs Mortis. You do not just dabble in video, sir. <laughs> So I dabble in video, but my main focus <laughs> is always photography. So I do not have a high, I don't have a high rated video camera. Like I, I get by with what I have video wise. I have really focused more on the photo side of it. Yeah. And well, with the video stuff, like but also, you know, you could have the coolest and greatest and most, you know, like, the most expensive cameras and whatnot on the video side or even picture side camera wise. But if you, if you, if you don't know how to edit, if you don't know how to sit down in front of a computer and, and, and edit everything, whether it be video pictures, and you don't know anything about the lighting effects or nothing. If you don't know how to do that, then you're not going to still, you're not going to put out a quality picture or a quality video. Um, you True. still, you know, that's what I, I've, I've seen a lot of people out there. That's very similar to what Scrapeface does that show up with cameras and then they release it. And it's, it's like you're looking at the footage like did you not want to edit this or did you know it's, it's just it's a lot of lens flare a lot of this stuff going on and it's just like you, you know you got to spend the time to learn how to use your software learn how to edit stuff and 
I guess that, that speaks volume when you want to, especially if you're going to put out a promo for a haunt or put out a picture for a haunt, you, you got to learn how to edit. You got to learn how to work the software, work your cameras. And a lot of people kind of forget that process, that step. That's a very important step to all of what we do. Anybody can spend $10,000, but you use, you learn to use your equipment, right? And use your creativity. Nothing will stop you. You will put out the baddest stuff. You personally attack me with the lens flare. You know, I use lens flare. I'm just throwing I, but uh, <laughs> I use the lens flare effect. <laughs> All right, JJ. You Abrams. capture it in real life. You're <laughs> you know, I put an effect in there to get it, you know. Um, but like, <laughs> but like, but yeah, Hulk on my mind, like, you know, he, speaking on his trailers, you know, I'm going to back Roosh on this is his trailers are some of the best, if not the best haunt trailers that are put out there. Um, yeah, thousand percent. When they released Arch Mortis's trailer, they always, you know, and, I, and I've always be, will always be grateful to uh, Holcomb and Arch Mortis because they, they use Scurry Face to put the, t- to uh, debut the trailer. We put it on our show and we're the first ones that get to see it when we put it on our show. And so I'm always grateful, forever grateful to Arch and Chris for that. Um, but every year it's like, how's he going to top last year? How's he going to do it? Oh my God. And he does. And, you know, and his style of filming is very similar to how I like to do the videos. When I go to haunts is I'm very cinematic. I like to create and capture, you know, some kind of cinematic feel or vibe to it. And, um, and like, I appreciate that kind of art and that kind of style into the filming part of it. And, um, Cause you know, I just, I, you know, that, that resonates really well with our audience and, you know, and that helps, that helps get people interested in the hunt when we put it out there. It's, it's very consumer friendly and it catches their eyes very quickly. And, you, you know, will not so, find another haunted house, like a trailer from March Mortis. I promise you that. I haven't found one yet. Nope. I have not, not even think I've seen a couple come close to it that put out good stuff, but not as cinematic as he, I mean, cinematic shots. Yes. But like the, the amount of content and things that happen in these trailers in three, four minutes blows your mind like what? a thousand percent. The shots, really? the angles, the everything. That is just me no, fangirling. Y'all stop. Y'all stop. <laughs> Chris, you are an inspiration. I'm not going to lie. You literally are my inspiration. And I tell you this all the time. Obviously, why I take behind the scenes photos of you because I love you and you're awesome. But like, you're my inspiration for like you and Tyler. Tyler. Between the two of you, really, Chris was my, like, photo and video inspiration. Tyler helped me with just my – really just what I'm doing in general. Like, you really helped me see a whole other side of this stuff, which is awesome. And I just love you both for that. You're about to maybe – I'm about to make myself tear up over here. <laughs> uh, my, my big thing is, you know, like with people doing this is you're going out – you know, somebody asked me, give them advice or give them tips. And, you know, my tip to them is I'm not going to try to – I'm not going to try to, impl- you know, Im- impl- implement to something that to change your creativity, what you want to do. My biggest tip to people is be creative, do what you want to do, create your vision, but be pay attention to details. Um, you know, details matter in everything you do when it comes to not just photography, doing videos, you know, even haunting, learning to haunt, learning the, everything about how a haunt works. Um, mm-hmm. Details, the little things matter. And so that's what I try to push towards even the scary face reps or to anybody that that's willing, wanting to learn or uh, you know, need advice. Details are everything. Um, don't take the little things for granted because those little things make a difference. It, whether it's that 
five that, that a two second mark in a video that you're doing that could somebody could catch that and go whoa that spot between seven and ten seconds that hit hard right there that was good that matters and the little things people will catch on and that will stick with people and that will help the hunt or individual or whatever it is you may be promoting or trying to put out there makes um, you and your work stand out too yeah it's it's a hundred percent symbiotic relationship it is you with a camera a friend with lighting an actor and then you guys all wanting to showcase your makeup artist your scene designer like everyone has some little thing in every every tiny scene or shot you have mm-hmm. yep. oh, everybody has their little place to help out yeah and, and little things and I'm gonna. Can I give away your 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 fog secret here, Chris? Oh yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. Everybody, I feel like everybody knows it now. Would well, you be shocked? A lot of people don't know it because I've had people go, "How did you get the fog to do that?" And I'm like, <laughs> um, "Well, you know." So, <laughs> but like I said, that's little things. Like the little things. Like for example, how he gets that the the, the, the amazing fog shots in his pictures with the characters. And you got somebody standing over there with a vape. Just blowing, blowing smoke into the, blowing smoke into, into the picture and you know and, and like it's thick enough and it settles just just enough to get that effect and you know and it's like i said that's thinking on the fly that's using what's around you and and look what it does to the the end product the final product and it's, it's you, you still could be used for videos you know quick it's a lot more practical than carrying around a 20 pound fog machine yeah <laughs> Because there was, there was a time where I just used I filmed an actor, we, they ran out of fog. And um, all I wanted them to do was kind of come down the hall, and it was only going to be about a five-second clip. And so and so I took a, a notes from Holcomb's book, and I, me and my friend had, a, anyway, had our vapes. And they're like, so we hit about three to five hard hits, and we just blew them down this little walkway. And then they walked through, and it ended up coming out looking like they were walking through a tunnel of fog. Like it was a football team coming out of the tunnel. And it worked out beautifully. And uh, just... Sometimes you just got to use the little things to make something like the photos or videos come to life and just don't take, you know, don't take the little things for granted. That's, that's, you know, and it might come off dumb or stupid, but it's creativity at its finest. It goes back to the, it goes back to the whole, you're just rigging a whole bunch of stuff. Yep. Light stands are impractical to deal with when you're shooting 30 people. So you have friends who hold lights and you control them all remotely. Uh, fog is impractical to deal with fog machines. So you have a friend vaping in the background. It's amazing how clever haunters are when it comes to, you know, coming up with things and setting up things. But I do want to remind you, you are listening to the round table of terror here on the big scary show. We are talking photography and videography with our very special guest, Chris Roosh of Dozer Entertainment, Tyler West of Scurryface, Chris Holcomb from KHK Productions, our regular co-host. We're going to take a very short break from our very fine sponsor, HauntPay, and we will be right back. Are you looking for a comprehensive ticketing solution for your haunted attraction? HauntPay has the answer. We skip the features you don't need and focus on the ones you like, such as timed ticketing and repeat time slots. Variable ticket types, bundle and combo tickets, social media discounts. And now featuring all-in-one options including managing your tickets online and at the door, as well as 
upselling and managing your merchandise and concessions with a comprehensive report on everything at the end of the night. Head on over to hauntpay.com and get started in 60 seconds for free. And we're back here on the round table of terror. We are talking photography, videography with our very special guests, Chris Holcomb, Tyler West and Roosh, along with our normal co-hosts. And I'll just throw this question out before we talk about other things. Um, guys, I have a camera. I have a, a, a decent camera from like 2005. It takes great pictures, but my phone takes better pictures these days with the technology and, and all that. You know, how do you work around that? I mean, you, you were talking earlier, you like the grainy old stuff. Do you have cameras that you just use that are older because they give you that grainy stuff or... Or can you really shoot a really nice video using your iPhone or your Android these days with all the all the technology that are that are in your phones these days? I mean, it depends on what honestly, you're going. I would go ahead, go ahead, Chris. Honestly, I would tell you to shoot it, and I will work with you on editing it in a way that works for the overall. Like, I just want to see everyone succeed and do something happy that they want to do, and. If you can bust that out, then I'll work with you on getting the shots. And then we'll sit behind a computer and we'll edit it together. And you can see where maybe you need to increase your exposure or lighting or something on your end. And we can, modern day technology is crazy. I mean, I encourage anyone to shoot on sets, like shoot behind the scenes. If you're not going to shoot the actual model, and work with it okay yeah and as for the video when you said about iphone droid whatever phone you can you can shoot a you can shoot a movie with your phone nowadays um yeah and then, you know i mean and, and so it's it all it all depends on the preference that you're you're wanting for that shot or a particular angle or whatever it may be um you know the beautiful thing about it is is if you know what your vision is and you know what your camera or your phone can do what you need for that shot use them all um and you know go on you know go into your editing and, and put it all together and um this all depends on what you want though and you just gotta you just gotta know what your vision is and go after it and work around your own limitations right like technology wise work around your own limitations i mean sometimes you're limited to techno to a certain technology and you make do with what you got to make it cool you know what i right. mean um you know, if you have the, you know, the bigger camera, of course, a bigger sensor is going to, you know, get you better picture quality and stuff like that. But like, it's crazy. Some of the things you do see made on iPhone 13s or, you know, the newer phones anymore. Um, like they said, though, it depends on your shots, depends on the lighting, you know, of course, a bigger so, camera with a low light lens, you're going to be able to capture cooler things and more range to change lighting and colors and stuff like that. Like, like if I were to take a picture, I couldn't take the same picture on a cell phone versus, you know, on a real camera in a crazy creative setting, the range that you get out of that sensor to edit stuff in raw later, you definitely get a better range for things. Um, but you just, like you said, you learn to work with what you got and you make it work half the time. You know, I know that's what I did starting off with whatever I had. I started with the GoPro, um, just filming stuff. And then next thing you know, I was like, Oh, I need better quality, get a camera. But like I said, too, it's all, it's all personal preference on what you, what's available what you feel comfortable shooting on and if you got a budget for stuff. Like Holcomb said, stick with your limitations, you know, within your limitations, but at the same time, don't, don't be scared to, 
to try new things. Um, don't be scared to try to, you know, put yourself out there and work on new things as well. And, you know, and just keep ex try to keep expanding your limitations with each project. Always uh, try to keep pushing. Well, I'm speaking technology, uh, like technology. Oh, okay. Yeah, well, that's what I'm talking about too. Like whether it be your software, um, if you stick with your limitations, you know, always try to try to do, you know, always try to broaden it a little bit. Um, that's why I guess that's, that's what I'm saying is, that, you know, don't be scared or don't, for those that want to do it, don't be scared to try and push those boundaries. Um, oops, sorry about that. And then uh, y'all can hear that. Oops. <laughs> so if you, um, if you only have an iPhone, make it work. Yep. Um, but if, um, like say I, I wanted to invest in a camera so that I could do, you know, more things with doing my own photos, um, what type of equipment would you recommend? I mean, nowadays uh, you, can go, you yeah. got into this earlier. Like earlier last week. Mm -hmm. Good. Didn't talk about um, it. I you you have a different opinion than I do. Uh, with the mirrorless thing we were talking about, I'm 100 percent going with a Canon uh, Canon Rebel series. So it's, like, it just depends on you know what you're going for. You know, a lot of these cameras, like what Chris shoots with, is designed more for photo. I went with Sony to get you know a little bit of both realms have photo and video on the better ends of things. Most, most people, if you buy something, you're really not going to realize it unless you are creating stuff to the differences in the cameras. Um, but yeah, there's, I mean, you can, we could talk about technology for days. You can go to the, you know, there's mirrorless setups, which are um, one type of camera that's basically newer technology and all electronic versus what he shoots on is what DSLR. Um, yeah, which is an older style of camera um, that doesn't run through the electronic part. It's a different system, um, but it's all personal preferences. You know, the easy what I got, though, is, you know, pick up and go. You know, it's less it's a less hassle to deal with. Some people like the more options and just that old school feel of really, really using a camera. Um, but the digital realm is evolving so much with technology. I mean, you can literally just grab some cameras and equipment for budget costs, you know, God forbid Chris's camera years ago was a three, $4,000 camera. I bought a setup for 800 bucks and look at the quality I'm getting because I'm learning to utilize my equipment to its fullest potential instead of just going out and blowing $4,000 on a camera, you know, um, but yeah, you can, yeah, I mean, technology's coming down in price. You can really get bangs for the buck anymore. And then learning, you know, I just going around people to learn stuff or even YouTube, you know, if you ever have questions yeah. of stuff, YouTube it up, you know, I see people out there, you see what they fail with, what they succeed with. Uh, a lot of research goes a long way. There, there is a tutorial for literally everything you ever want to do on YouTube. Yep. And I can't. If I want to learn how to do photos, if I want to learn how to cut video together, if I want to learn how to fix a toilet, <laughs> YouTube is the go-to. Like, if I have a question about anything, it is YouTube. Or I'll, reach out, or I'll reach out to uh, Justin at MT, who shoots also, and I will ask him, hey, you were showing me and Tom how to do this little thing in Lightroom. What were the keystrokes you went with? <laughs> mm -hmm. Don't YouTube. be afraid to ask questions. Right. And that's the problem a lot of today is that, they, that people are afraid to ask questions. Um, they just kind of either accept their loss and not try to, you know, go after um, whatever they're doing because they're, they're, they are afraid to ask questions for some reason. Um,
Um, and yeah, I agree with that. Don't, don't be afraid to reach out and ask questions. It's never a dumb question if you're trying to learn how to do something. Uh, do you think it's, do you think it's better to have a good camera or is it better these days to have good software? Oh yeah. They go hand in hand. Ooh. I mean, you can have the greatest, you can have the greatest camera and crappy software or, you know, the great or not the greatest camera and great software, but they really do go hand in hand. I mean, they do go hand in hand. And I, like, so I'm was, liking what I do, I go software because, like, I, I've researched and you know, and I've got where I'm really good at what I do through software. And you, you can use if you know how to utilize your software, you can turn a say if you shoot something and you thought it maybe looked good after at the hunt, and you get back and you get it on software, and you're like, oh, that didn't turn out like I wanted it to. But if you know how to use your software you can turn a, you know, a pile of crap, an accidental pile of crap into something like, Hey, that now I can turn this into something that looks really good. Yeah. It's really mutual, man. That is a good question though. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, perfect example. Chris, when I shot uh, MBV, I did a little promo for KHK productions. I shot behind the scenes video just for the fun of it. And wound up turning it into like, Hey, here's a little 30, 40 second thing of just for you oh, to yeah. use. You know what I mean? Like, I'd, I'd say software, hardware, whatever, as long as you shoot raw, possibilities are open to everything. Like, raw is just such, raw is a camera, it's a camera technical thing where you can, you can pull more, like, it saves more data on your, on your shot than it does anything else. And you can pull more shadows out. You can pull highlights out as long as you're shooting in that and you know how to use that software, then God, you can make some really cool stuff. So is it better to say you're wanting to do a photo shoot of a haunt's iconic character? Um, Would you rather do that in more light and then edit it to make it look darker and get those shadows? Or do you want to go ahead and try to do that? Uh, that lighting and everything where you get that effect from the start. I go straight from the start. Like I will tweak lighting all along the way. I'll even depending on the shot, I'll even change colors if I need to, if I didn't like the color setup that I'm using on the shot, but I'm hundred percent lighting them the best way that I can. The better natural, the more natural you can do, before editing the more you can get it to what you need it to be and want it to look like beforehand the easier it is after to edit like if you don't have to do all that crazy stuff don't do it get the natural stuff and add your little tweaks in later honestly um post-production is cool and like certain things for photography and all but like videography you really want to get the lighting down to where it's what you want and then just add effects on top because trying to really really tweak it sometimes would be difficult but like we said depends on what you're working with depends on your time you know the time constraints or when you do it or you know sometimes you just gotta make it up on the fly and figure it out well the videos i have way more fun doing the editing portion than i do doing the shooting portion like the editing everything just comes together yeah well when you get to the editing process you already have your vision in mind of what you're going for and and then once you you start in motion of you know that journey of creating your vision and you know then you know other things pop up and you're like hey well well, i can add this now and this and blah 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 Um, but going back to the lighting of video you know especially if like what we do when i go to a hunt it's a lot of action shots it's all fast paced and so when that happens you're trying to 
you, you're trying, you, know, you got an actor, you're following an, you're trailing an actor. The lighting could change just like that because he may could be running from one side of the midway to the other, and the lighting's now, you know. So that's that's another difficult process you got to work with when it comes to lighting as well versus like say stationary, um, like photo shoots. You know, um, it's it's tricky. It's the lighting is probably my biggest kryptonite um, while filming and doing things at the hunt. So, I mean, that's, 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 a, that's an obstacle to try to overcome, and I have issues with it, but the, but the software helps with that for me. Um, that's why I depend heavily on software. Uh, like, I, I might have, um, you know, a really cool scene, and I'm trying to take pictures of it, and I'm like, okay, either I use a flash and it looks stupid, doesn't look scary or have the ambiance I want or anything, or I don't use a flash and then it's so dark you can't see anything. So is that through the lens speed? Do I need to learn how to use my lens speed to control my... Uh, yeah, that sounds like a combo. What am I doing? That sounds Help like a combo guys. question of all of your... And that's, and that's basically knowing the settings on your camera of, you know, your shutter speeds and your ISO and all that. And it's really toying around with it from what I've experienced. And I still learn a lot. Um, but just, you know, sometimes you get into a new environment to where you just got to figure it out, but, um, it's tweaking the settings on the camera really, you know, and, and learning where your lighting placement is exactly what type of shot you're going for. Um, but then on the back end of it to get it really, really gritty, like Chris was saying, that's in post editing, pulling shadows down or making the shadows just peer down over her eyes to give her really that really sinister look or, you know what I'm saying? Depends on what you want or cropping, cropping a picture will make or break your picture at the end of the day. If you can't crop it right to make it look right, you know what I'm saying? There's you know, it's a, it's a lot of things. The flash is, flash is very, <laughs> flash is very difficult, you know, placements of them. It's not like stationary lighting. Um, but Chris I will also say you run into a lot of those issues. If you are using your in-camera flash where yeah. we have, a lot of us have adapted to using external flashes that all connect through Bluetooth we're running two or three different flashes at one time and all from our camera. Yeah. Yeah. We have little portable flashes that uh, work wirelessly and it's um, a whole different setup from in flash your settings. You have a bigger range of settings. It's very limited to in flash what you can do. Okay. Jim, I know you do a lot of ghost hunting and investigations and stuff, and I know you've got cameras to record all that. Do you do any of this as far as, you know, do you just leave a camera on in a room for hours at a time hoping something happens, or do you, like, wander around with it? How do you use yours when you're doing investigations? Well, it depends. On my last investigation, I actually just had cameras set up around the location. Um, and I'm going over the video footage this weekend, but on my next one, I plan on having a camera with me so that I'm, when I'm walking through, I've got a 4k night vision camcorder that I'm going to be using to document the walkthrough of the conjuring house. Didn't you just do an investigation like last weekend? Yeah, I did. Okay. You just say you were going to do the Conjuring House next? Yes. That is pretty cool. I miss it on those hunts. I used to love that stuff. 
September 9th. And Jim just brought up an interesting thing with night vision. How do you guys deal with night vision versus standard? I personally don't use it. Tyler would probably be the only guy to answer that. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not a – that's not my go-to. Um, to use the night vision setting for the effect that you want to get, I mean, you've really got to have an idea of something. Like, you go walk through and you want to use it, like – it's got to be something, a special moment to use for that. Like it's, that's not a go-to for me. Um, I see, I see a lot of videos of, you know, that you might see like on the morning news when they go to a haunted house and they'll show, you know, night vision scenes of, you know, people running through the haunt being chased by things and stuff like that, or at least it appears to be night vision. I don't know if that's photo edited or not, but Uh, there's that, there seems to be a lot of that out there. You know, when Oprah goes through a haunted house, you see that (laughs) the night vision or, or things like that. I don't prefer night vision. Like I said, unless I see a certain opportunity for maybe that, that may be a cool effect for like the promo or I want to throw out there or some cool little one shot. Um, I try not to use night vision. I try to it's kind of not diverse enough, honestly, for our content that we like. It's not like we are diverse when we make stuff. You know what I'm saying? And it's I know for me, at least it's kind of too basic, it, you know, not it's, to sound rude or anything, but it just. You lack the the color options. Like yeah. night vision is night vision, and part of the fun of it on our end is playing with the colors. Right. Yeah. Uh, it's I love I love dabbling with colors. <laughs> yeah. For for story and what you want to show as an artist and everything, night vision in a haunt is only good for showing somebody getting scared, a patron getting scared. Oh, nothing 100%. else. It, yeah. It's the best thing for that. That's why it's on shows like Oprah and that type of thing. And it kind of doesn't it does, show everything either. No, you know? it, it'll show nothing else. You, you'll never see the actor correctly. And, and uh, the flaws it can bring out in a costume is maddening. Yeah. <laughs> that's <laughs> true, too. That's the scary part right there on our end is you have people who have designed costumes for months to make something that is cool in the scene that they are in, but they are in a super low light scene. You don't necessarily want to show that they're wearing a ghillie suit. Like what there is still a part of horror that is left to the imagination. And that's, that's the part that I kind of feel like people miss think about miss I don't know. That's the part that I feel like people don't give any thought to. They just want a shot of themselves. And there is a part of them that it works amazing in the low light, really creepy atmosphere that they're in. But when you come out there with external flashes and you're running Bluetooth and you're doing fogs and all this, it doesn't have that same effect on people. Mm hmm. Some things are meant to be seen in the shadows. Yeah. Uh, And, you know, and like he said, going off that, you know, they're like, well, you didn't do this effect for me. I was like, why put that out there? I mean, like you, it needs, it doesn't need to be seen, you know, and sometimes you just need to stay in that shadow. And um, they don't, sometimes people don't understand that. They really, they they truly don't understand. There's a danger of showing too much. Right. Yep. You still want to keep that effect. Yeah. It's like going to a movie trailer and the trailer looks fabulous. And then you go see the movie and you find out, well, the trailer was the best part. Okay. <laughs> you know, I already know what, everything is going on. You don't want to yep. do that. So. It's legit um, a magic trick. 
you want suspense for them to actually come and you don't like, you know what I mean? You give all that away. Then what the hell, what do they got left? You know, you want to show little snippets of them and keep them thinking all the way until they get there, until they get the real effect. It's just like, what the hell is going to happen? You know, that's why I'm big on showing the patrons and, and a lot of the stuff in the midway selling point through the midway and all that what's going on out there. Because if you can sell it through that and get people excited to come just to the hunts midway, mm-hmm. then you know, that's, that's a selling point for the haunt itself. Cause and that's what we try to do at Scarface when we do the, a lot of the promoting is if we can, if we can sell how great this haunt is and how fun it is by just showing 85 or 80% of our footage from the midway and people are excited about it, we've done our job. That means people are going to like, they're going to crap their pants and have a blast in the actual haunt. Um, and so that's kind of my take on what we do when we get booked or if, you know, when haunts bring us out to film and have a, you know, have an experience with their event that's my selling point is trying to sell it from the beginning, from the get go versus trying to sell what's inside the haunt. I want to sell the anticipation of the haunt. Um, Cause to me, you're going to a haunt as a haunt fan, the anticipation is the best part, you know, like that, that's the most exciting part for me is when I'm there and I haven't gone in yet. It's just like, Ooh, I'm excited to see what people watching, watching what's going on, the reactions and, that to me is the most exciting part before you go into a hunt. And I know that is with majority of the consumers out there too. And that's what, so I try to take advantage of that. And that's my selling point of these videos that I do as a scurry phase is I take advantage of that anxiety and anticipation and use that to sell the hunt. And it, and it's, and it's worked so, so far it's worked beautifully for the last five years. That type so, of, like, oh, go ahead. Oh, I, I, I was going, uh, no, no. If you got something to add, go for I got another question. No, I'm just saying I come at it from a different angle being a promo person. Like to me, it's all about every person who steps in front of the camera has a chance to be their own Freddie, Jason, Michael. They get for that 15 minutes that we shoot together, they get to be that horror icon. That's that's awesome. And yeah, the great points, especially with the targeting of, of what you're doing. And, you know, segueing into that, do you get requests from owners or their marketing teams for certain shots? Like, oh, I you know, do what you want to do, but I got to have the ticket booth or I got to have this or I got to have that. Do you get those types of requests in a season? Every time I go somewhere, there's, there's something that they want on the film. Um, there's something they want being filmed that it be to be seen by whatever you know when we put it out on the website yes there's it's always something different for every hunt um you know whether there's sometimes that like they'll have an attraction out front they want that in the shot they want that being to be seen um you know or it could be simple thing is like you said their ticket booth some of them have extravagant you know built ticket booths you know and like they want that in the shot as well um because they you know they're like we built we spent a lot of time building this and or it could be their walk you know a little tunnel you have to walk through they want the shot of you walking through the tunnel to get to wherever it is they want so yeah it's every everywhere i go there's always a request that it be filmed you know it was funny that you mentioned that i actually was just talking to on here um about doing some preseason promo work and he was mentioning me taking so besides like the real promo pictures and video he was asking me to do. They're building a lot of new big stuff and he was asking me to do picture. And I haven't talked to him about it yet, but like they were asking me to add on pictures of like the build itself. 
in my circumstance, what I'm actually about to tell them is, you know what, take, take those pictures of your personal selves, building your stuff on your cell phones. There's no reason for me to come in with a professional picture. Cause like, like I said earlier, I like getting creative with a camera. When I get behind that, I want shadows. I want lights here. I want a, a diverse shot, you know, cell phone pictures are okay. You know, and in that circumstance, if you're just taking some behind the scenes shots, Hey, we're building this right now, or this is what's going on to give somebody what they're looking forward to, but you're not showing the full product. It's more of a personal interaction. I think if you get some of those people to take those pictures themselves and post them on the site, you know what I mean? Versus having somebody professionally to take them because what am I trying to edit? You know what I mean? It's just a quick snap and it's not really as diverse and you I know. feel like the public, like at this point, we have we've made these like their own little icons. Mm-hmm. I really love the idea that like we have pulled the veil back on stuff like Legions United, uh, Fear Union, that kind of stuff, where it's just we're all friends just like doing something. It is cool to have that behind the scenes. On a cam- or on a phone, like shooting, whatever, and just showing people the real thing. No one at this point believes that this is real, and people <laughs> dig the fact that like you get to like go along on the journey with them. Yep, it's personal. Actually, from the cell phones, it gets personal. It's more personal than just that picture, which is personal in a moment in itself. If that makes any sense, what I'm trying to get at. But what the one thing I wanted to add to what what he asked about certain shots or things that uh, a haunt wants to be shown, um, like the paranoia um, over in Canton, Georgia. We had the privilege of getting invited out and booked to there, and they have an amazing haunt. And the one thing that they request us to is be there for the opening ceremony uh, because they put on a I mean, it's, it's, it's an opening ceremony like I've, I've never seen before. It, it's amazing. And so we, we get there early enough to set up to shoot that. And um, and so we put that out there. And so when, you know, when they when they say they're like, oh, that's what we want to see. That's what we want to. That's that's kind of our selling point to be here. And and the thing that I started years ago was I, I like to get there when the before Han opens to try to and see the line form from the ticket booth to how, how far it goes. And I think I started doing years ago was I'd, I'd start walking that line with the camera and start kind of putting like fast action effects on it and things like that. And, and hunt owners and they love that. They're like, so now when I go, they're like, can you get here and film this line? I need you to go film that line. Look how long it is. And so it's kind of become a scary face tradition when we film is filming the line to buy tickets. And they love putting that out there because, you know, it's a great selling point for the haunt owner in the haunt to be like, look at this line. Look how many people are here. And we showcase that and we do it in a way that's look how many people want out. to see this. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's and, always but, a fun shot, especially when sped up. Too. Yeah. And that's what now that's kind of what we've done. And that's kind of kind of our scary face stamp is the way we do that is we film that line and speed it up. We put it, you know, and, all, and I like and I, I like to speak. You know, I like to put music things into what we do because mm-hmm. music resonates with consumers. They they share the music and they get excited, they get pumped up about it, and you know, so we utilize that. And like we do that at Arcs when we come out and we film the line. We do it at Paranoia, and we try to we try to go out and do that. And some nights it's I, <laughs> it's funny. It's like the last couple. I noticed a trend the last couple of years. Saturday nights are the night you want to be at a haunt filming. Like Saturday nights are perfect for us, yeah. and then. When we get booked on a Friday nights, and I know it's Friday nights are like, oh man, what am I gonna do? There's 
that many people out here. So it's that's where the job gets really difficult in the filming department when you're trying to film stuff when there's only 40 people out there versus 400. Um, mm. You got to get creative on how you film angles and what you're filming, trying to make it to where you're not repeating the same shots. Um, so, but yeah, it's, that's, you know, that's, that's what I like about is like, especially mm-hmm. if the hunt has a, has a thing like an opening ceremony that, that you that. hit the nail on the head though. Like if you're doing video of any kind music, yeah. it is the sound, yeah. it is the music. It is that that makes or breaks you. Yeah. Tied up the audio and the visual go hand in hand. That's, One is off, it will just ruin it. And that's me. I, you know, and, and Tom at Slash Visuals. Tom at Slash Visuals just put out the best haunted house video I have ever seen. What song was that, by the way? I do not know, but I know he edited the music and it is just in like absolute insanity. Do you guys ever have issues with copyrights when using particular music or do you oh. pay BMI or ASCAP royalties in order to use certain tunes? There are certain things that we'll do. Like, like I'll reach out to like, like Squarespace has its own internet radio station. So like we'll pay for the licensing um, when we do the radio station and a lot of other cases we will reach out and we'll try to get permission from wherever we need to get permission from to use. In most cases we have been given the green light and thumbs up. Um, you know, because as long as long as the lines of as long as we're not trying to sell something, make make a profit off the use of it, and you know, most times it's it's they don't care, um, and that's you know. But sometimes you get the nope, can't use it, and you got to think of Plan B. Um, yeah, it's it's all about the licensing part of it. Like I go through websites to get licensing to tracks. Like it's, I have definitely used stuff I shouldn't have in the past and then the artist wound up being cool with it but if you're doing anything go through the right route and do licensing there's several websites you can look up to figure out who owns licenses to things I know me myself I've bought you know a subscription to a website for stuff that's licensed out so I really don't have to worry about anything I haven't used any audios as far as like real bands go and stuff like that but most of my stuff is just like trailer and cinematic stuff or sound effects that you can you know there's different websites like he said you can go off of or stuff that you got to pay for where you can just click and download and <coughs> not have to worry about any of that and there's royalty free music out there as well yeah yeah and you know said sometimes too i notice like that you know remixes um you know you can go through you know go through the remixes and it's a lot easier to get the permissions and what you need to through the remixes and sometimes the remixes are sometimes they're better than the originals in a lot of cases they so i mean it's not wrong <laughs> um hey roost who do you use what websites uh lately i've been using motion array um for stuff uh, i can't remember the other one that i pull off of. i've gotten a lot of stuff off of motion array for audios Mine has come from audiojungle.net and uh, in that's a good one. Yeah, I haven't done the singles. I know some of them you can buy singly, like single tracks or whatnot. Motion Array has been cool just for a monthly thing, and I have a ton of stuff that I downloaded. That's how Invado is. Yeah. There's a yeah, lot of stuff out there, man. They keep coming out, too, the websites. Yeah. 
just just pay your little monthly fee and you get access yep. to thousands upon thousands of things. Well, it's like the band that we use for a lot of our stuff, all good things. Uh, shameless plug. Sorry if it's not allowed. Um, but uh, <laughs> like, but we ha- we're you know we're good friends with that band, and you know we that, like they've given us permission years ago to use a couple of their songs as Scary Bass's theme song as to what we do, and um, and it's that was cool. This and you know, really we cool. still to this day that you know they you know they have songs that they give us permissions to use because that's you know it, it speaks volumes for what we do and. Uh, a lot of what we do in the industry and um so you know that's that's also a good thing to have in your back pocket as well um you know if, if you're fortunate to have that and well again it half ass goes back to the whole don't be afraid to ask questions thing right if you know if you know people within bands yep. reach out and ask them can i use this Good cross promotion too to help everybody grow because then their song is on something and that gives them you know right. they can cross promote it on their end also and it's good and for everybody. Band, like the band we use, it's it's a lot of people in the industry didn't know about them and now a lot of people are followers and fans of them and a lot of them will a lot of them will be cool with it as long as they know you're not using their stuff to make a profit to turn a profit off of them. Um, you know they're, they're going to be cool with it and most of most cases I don't speak for all bands out there but you know a lot of them will be cool with that and. Uh, Tyler, you introduced me to something on accident through Scurry Face, and I can't remember what it was. Uh Oh, could be a Uh, million things. They did Hollywood Undead Undead now. The same version of the song you used to use, and now they did it with Hollywood Undead. Oh, all good things. Yeah. Yes. Okay. The glory. Yeah, yeah. The glory. All good. That's, yes, that's the song the that they let us use. Yeah. That's the song they let us like, use for our, our intros and stuff like that. That, and, um, that yeah. is the power of the industry, right there. Like that is on my playlist to listen to constantly, and you introduced me to them. Yeah, it's a good that song. Is, that yeah, that and Kingdom is what we use for kind of like our scary face theme songs, and um, and so like I said, you know, it's just don't be afraid to ask questions. Don't be afraid to reach out and ask. And because yep. what's what they going to say? No. And then you move on to plan B. Um, yep. You know, if they, if they say yes, then it's only just a situation like me where you introduced me to them Yeah. through that. Yeah. And if they say no, then I just live my life without knowing they exist. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much it. Yeah. And so it's, yeah, that's how you handle the music stuff on from our perspective and how for our experience that's that's how we handle yeah so i want to ask go ahead does have you ever gone into a haunt and they want you to film a certain thing and you're like no i'm not filming that (laughs) i can say yes but it wasn't in a bad way it was just like hey why don't we do it this way instead it's not like a my instance wasn't bad it was just like let's do it a little more creative or this and that with the same idea uh well well there was <laughs> oh no! Tell the story. Uh, well, there was. Well, I did go to a haunt, and it was a rated R haunt. Um, they wanted a certain scene film that contained nudity, um, and it, yeah, it was an awkward thing. And I was like, <laughs> I can't show this on our on our Twitch platform. Like, I can't show this, and you know. And I was like, I'm not filming this. And it's like this is something better for the people, the buying tickets. Now we can promote that there's shocking stuff at this haunt that you will see. Um, but I'm not, I can't film that. I'm not filming that. I, I just, I, 
this is one of those messes and I'm, I'm not filming that <laughs> <laughs> it's like you draw the line somewhere and uh... yeah it was just one of those where it's like now that's <laughs> left better for someone to buy a ticket and see for themselves and we'll just say hey you buy a ticket you're gonna see some stuff um <laughs> yeah the, and there was other times where it was just too good like there's a scene it's just it's this is one of those you need to experience as a consumer as a patron and it's like i don't want to be the one to spoil this it's like you know we can hint at it and i don't want to i don't want to film it because it's going to ruin the big surprise that you know that they built and i was like why would you want that film to put out there when it's such a cool effect and such a cool thing for them to experience them a personal experience Um, there's a lot of that on the haunt owners too i mean there is you have something very cool it does not have to be shown we can lead up to it like sometimes it's good to leave that there and not show it because it leaves that suspense like we talked about earlier you want suspense or want that you know big thing you don't want to show it off because then people actually come for it you you go back to jaws they go an hour into the movie without showing the shark yep there is there is a realm of this that exists where you can tease sure yeah artistically the teasing works with it i understand the owners who want to show it because they know the price tag on it and they like i i want as many eyes on i want people to see it and come here and pay for it and like jaws is a great example because it worked but the problem was they spent a lot of money on a robot shark that didn't work and that's why you don't see that robot shark (laughs) it would have been a whole different movie oh absolutely but Absolutely. if the haunt owner says, I want this film, you know, and it depends on what it is, you, you still may have to question, like, you really want this shown, but sometimes they wrote that, you know, when, when they hire you to do a job and they say, this is what I want filmed, I want it shown, you got to, you, you, you got to yeah. the mercy, you got to film. It's like, okay. You find the best angle to do it. You make it look cool or do something to actually you know, make it work better or figure out something. That was that one I I, I did. I, I, I'm not, I'm not filming that. I'm not putting, I'm not doing it. Um, and I, and I, I gave him my reason. I wasn't a jerk about it. I was just like, I can't, I can't film this and show this because now if I show this on my platform, they could turn around and flag it. And now I'm in trouble and now I'm dealing with the consequences of showing this. Um, you know, but they, I guess they understood that. I'm like, okay, I guess I understand that now. And I was like, Come on, man. Mm-hmm. I, I can't. You, can get, you can get the same shock value by putting a censored stamp over any picture ever. Yeah. <laughs> Just, oh, there's something, something's back there and that's missing. You know, as we're getting the end of our conversation, I want to know the, the reverse of uh, Jonah's question from you guys. What is a shot you guys think more haunts should be using? Behind the scenes. I think you should be using your cell phones. I think you should be showing everything. We have pulled the veil up over. This is not real to anyone. It is entertainment. I think you should 100% pull out a cell phone and shoot content and post it on your pages. People are not falling for the fact that it's real. Right. Create that, like, create that, uh, that bond between your audience where, yes, we're not real. This is not real. This is not a thing, but we're inviting you along for the ride. And on top of that, I agree with that. Behind the scenes, showcase showcase your actors, showcase yeah. their characters. 
promote promote your individual characters um to 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 your audience um I, you know i like it it boggles me that they won't a lot of a lot of haunt owners want to keep that hidden they don't want to showcase their haunters they don't want to showcase their talented actors and actresses um put it out there and you know you don't have to give away all your magic but you know like he said behind the scenes stuff show your characters off promote your characters your individual characters because the reality is you can have the most expensive sets and props but your lifeline is those actors and actresses that bring your product to life that give people the shows that every october and in, in off-season events um they're your lifeblood they're your heartbeat and you know it, it just boggles me and makes me scratch my head of owners that don't want to do that they don't want to showcase their talented actors and actresses um show it off it 100 goes to that like i worked with uh macabre intentions and we shot photos of one of his killer, killer costumes in a garage. Like, it is not anything about the scene that they are in. It is you want your actors shown. Mm-hmm. If you can shoot killer photos in a parking garage, what credibility does your haunt scene have? Yeah. Make your actors your focal point. Yeah. Nope. Yep, and that's 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 what we do at Scary Face. That's literally our, our forte at Scary Face is promoting the individuals and shining a light on them. And then it comes haunt season, then the focus turns onto the haunt itself. But leading off season, leading up to haunt season, I mean, we, we really want to showcase the the individuals, the actors, the actresses, and what they're doing throughout the year, the characters. Um, it's the interaction between that and your actual audience that comes in that brings it all together. That connection, you can't get that anywhere else. I mean, the connection be- behind the scenes, showing it all off, it does bring another interaction that people see, and they feel like they're really a part of the show, yeah. you know, and not just, it's just there, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, we are looking at the clock here and we do need to start winding this down. So if there are any final questions from the hosts. Uh, my only other question is how large of a stick do you carry for actors that smile when you go to take their picture in a scene? <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> the answer is probably not big enough. I've, I've had yeah. to threaten so many. Rough one. Mm. Uh, I'll just say, you know, I can't use that, right? As, as, an actor, as a former actor, I will say that I understand. But as someone that works on the other side, I understand that horror is about as much what you don't see as what you do see. Yep. Can't argue with that. Well, this is the part of the show we affectionately like to call the plugs. So we'd like you guys to promote your various ventures and how people can get a hold of you with websites or social medias. Chris Holcomb, tell us how people who want more information about what you do see some of these promos, whether it's on the Arcs Mortis website or your personal social medias. How can people get more information, contact you, maybe hire you to come out and do something? Uh, Definitely Instagram. KHK Productions on Instagram. That is where a whole lot of our shenanigans take place. Uh, Arcs Mortis, I shoot with them year round. They're the best friends you could ever ask for. Uh, Midnight Terror. I, 
you want me to plug a whole bunch of stuff and I've got a whole bunch of stuff to plug and we don't have a list for it. <laughs> Someone else can move on. <laughs> so we'll, we'll just say, what is the, uh, so that's KHK on Instagram. Yes. KHK productions. Yes, sir. Fantastic. Uh, Chris Arush, how can people yes. find out more information about dozer entertainment up in the Philadelphia area? Maybe a haunt would like to bring you out for some various things. So uh, you can go to my website, www.dozer, D-O-Z-E-E-R-D, good, I can't even talk, D-O-Z-E-R-E-N-T.com. All the social medias are at the bottom of the uh, page there. Um, Everything's interconnected in one way or another. Um, You can search Dozer, E-N-T, I think on Instagram, I'm on Facebook. Uh, TikTok is Dozer. But like I said, on the website, everything is there at the bottom of the page. Excellent. And Tyler, talk about Scurry Face. How can people get more information, see videos, hire you guys to come out to their haunt and cause lots of shenanigans? Uh, you can go to, first and foremost, the uh, bread and butter is scurryface.com. That's where you can see past articles, videos. Um, we are open for booking for October for the 2022 season. Um, so you can reach us through scurryface.com. You can also uh, see us, uh, find us on Facebook. Everything's scurryface. Uh, you can see some of our past stuff on YouTube, which is scurryface. Uh, and also our Twitch platform, which is scurryface underscore official. And that's where you can find us doing our shows um, and talking to haunt owners and things of that nature going forward. So, uh, but the big Remote one. Live is- band. The what? Rock, rock band. Remote, ah, yes. Our rock Remote band rock band. Our rock band shows. Yes, that's where you can also find the scurry show and our rock band show, um, which is a completely different thing from the hot side. uh, But it's something we do. We do dabble in the gaming. And um, but the rock band show is uh, something very unique that we do. And uh, so, yeah, we do that every other Saturday. And uh, we actually turned a hobby fun plan thing into a job. So the uh, we get we get paid through the creators of the game to play rock band. And so it's that's he's got a badass show with a ton of lights. Like it literally looks like you are in a concert. You guys <laughs> have to check it out. Like <laughs> it's so insane. Fun. It's fun. It's fun. It's uh, like I said, but that's that, that's maybe a topic for a different show. But yes, you can check out the rock <laughs> band show on our Twitch page. Um, <laughs> uh, but yes, I appreciate that. Uh, y'all. Thanks for shouting that out. We put a lot of work into that. Um, but yeah, uh, scurryface.com, um, and that's where you can reach us. Hit the contact, and uh, like I said, we are we 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 are open for for booking for the uh, 2022 season, and uh, that's where you reach us at. Well, of course, folks, you know whether or not you just have a phone camera or whether you've got thousands of dollars worth of equipment, you know, very very important to make sure that you promote your haunt with the proper photography, proper videography. And just get out there. Just start shooting things. You know, just have somebody out there shooting people screaming as they leave your back door being chased by the ever-present chainsaw or whatever. You know, word gets around. Word of mouth is the best advertising in a lot of cases. And a lot of times you post something on Instagram or Facebook, you're going to get a lot of hits and maybe you'll get a whole lot of customers out of it. So we want to thank our guests again for a fantastic conversation. We did not have to ask many questions. And I also want to thank our wonderful hosts, including Storm. 
it's always great to know that no matter if you have the $4,000 camera or the $5 camera, you got a yard sale. If there's a use for it, you can do it. Take that $5 camera, tape it to your worst actor, and just send them out in the field and see what happens. Hell yeah. Send it. That's the way to go. Great advice. Everybody starts somewhere. Mm-hmm. Also want to thank Meat Hook Jim. I think I'm going to play with the settings on my Canon M50 now. We've inspired you to get back. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're, we're going to take a $5 um, Amazon special GoPro, tape it to Jim, and run him through the conjuring house. <laughs> oh, that'll be awesome. I'd watch that. Also want to thank Jonna, the old crone. Oh, Santa, I have a new wish list. <laughs> <laughs> My name is Drew Badger, wanting to say that you can always hire me for photography work as well. You can see samples of my work on Facebook at Rabid Badger Photography. My twins just graduated high school. They're both going to college this fall, and I need the money, so hire me. (laughs) This is the Roundtable of Terror here on The Big Scary Show. I can tell Jonah's still the new one of the group because she's invoking Santa and not Krampus. <laughs> that's that's another show altogether. <laughs> everyone drew badger here we're live in raleigh north carolina at the carolina fear fest and one thing i love about this show so many haunted attractions from across north carolina are coming around and setting up boots here a lot of characters walking around one of my favorite places to visit everybody's heard of woods of terror in greensboro everyone knows it's run by eddie mclaren but unfortunately he doesn't seem to be here around here today but his uh his friend Bone Daddy, who you may have seen on T-shirts or various other advertising things for Woods of Terror, is here. So, Bone Daddy, how are you, sir? Doing good, man. It's great to be at the show. Big show. Looks good. A lot of crowds here. A lot of people enjoying everything. Everyone's going by the booths and checking out everything. How is Woods of Terror? First of all, let's ask, how did Woods of Terror do last year? Woods of Terror had its best season. Um, it did beat the COVID year. I was shocked at that. But last year was our best season, so we're hoping for this year to have our best season. Well, you know, everybody wants that best season every year. So 
We'll just see. And speaking of best seasons, it sounds like your best season might include some new stuff at Woods of Terror this year. Yeah, every year we're looking for the best year yet, and we're adding a brand-new insane asylum, which will be called Brookhaven's Memorial Hospital. Brand-new building, new concrete, new building. Everything's brand-new, so excited and a lot of work at the same time. So, Here's your fun fact of the day. I grew up in a neighborhood called Brookhaven just about 20 minutes from here, so yeah. I'm, I'm guessing it was it was a little crazy growing up, but probably not inspired by all at all. But... Um, Woods of Terror, you've been around, what, almost 30 years? This is our 31st year. 31st year. Yep. Congratulations. And lots and lots of cool stuff going on with Woods. You've got the new Insane Asylum coming up. What else can uh, people who go to uh, Woods of Terror expect this year? Well, we've got a couple of guys working with me this year, and we're in every scene, almost every scene, tearing it apart, reworking it, redoing it. So you're going to see a lot of new stuff that you've never seen. And a plus, of course, we'll have the brand-new attraction. So it sounds like it's going to be fun and scary. As always, one of my favorite places to go in the Carolinas. For people wanting more information about Woods of Terror, maybe you're traveling through the Carolinas leaf watching, or maybe you just want to, or making this a destination spot. How can people get more information about Woods of Terror on Church Street in Greensboro, North Carolina? Well, of course, woodsofterror.com, and of course we have our Facebook and uh, Woods of Terror Facebook, Instagram, we have all that. So check us out. So just Google Woods of Terror, North Carolina. You're probably going to find it. Bone Daddy, yeah. a pleasure. You know, tell Eddie I said hello. Wink, right. wink. Right. Great talking to you. My name is Drew Badger here live at the Carolina Fear Fest in Raleigh. And we're out. Grave Tone Productions. The final hour on The Big Scary Show.
Ohio Haunted House owners, actors, and enthusiasts. Join the new Ohio Haunters Association. We are working with haunters across the state, from home to pro, to strengthen the Ohio haunt community. Open to all owners, actors, makeup artists, prop builders, designers, and Halloween paranormal enthusiasts. The Ohio Haunters Association, where haunting is the heart of it all. Look for us on Facebook. Ladies and gentlemen, there are two movies being shown in this area that we sincerely would like to warn you about. The titles, The Gruesome Twosome and Something Weird. These are without exception the bloodiest, goriest motion pictures ever produced. If you are the least bit squeamish, do not attempt to see them. We have told you about many horror movies that you probably got a big kick out of, but these are different. If you are at all impressionable, don't see them. If you have an impressionable teenager, under no circumstances let him or her see it. Absolutely no children will be admitted. Both of these films are in color, which even makes the horror more horrible. We are sincere in warning you about these movies. The titles again are Gruesome, Twosome, and Something Weird, and they are honestly the goriest films ever produced. See them if you must. But we wanted you to know what to expect. <laughs> it's time for Ask the Old Crone. <laughs> While we're on the subject of photography and videography for your haunted attraction... I spoke to a friend of mine, Shane McNear of Studio 2. Here's what he sent me regarding how he films haunted houses. After filming haunted houses for several years, I have a routine that I've established. I've never filmed inside a haunted house using an iPhone, so I can't really comment as to that, but I feel like the low light conditions wouldn't work too well for most iPhones. I've been using a Sony A7S III. Um, I like Sony's capability to get good images in the low light. The next thing I consider is which lens to use. It usually seems like a wide-angle lens works the best, especially since most haunted houses contain a lot of small rooms. Um, I usually use something like a 14mm or a 24mm. Sometimes I'll even carry a separate audio recorder to get good sound if I think I might want to use the actual sounds from the haunted house. And on some occasions, I've carried a separate light with me just to get a better image for the camera. I usually wear dark clothes when I film so I won't stand out, especially if I'm filming while customers are inside the haunt. And I always make sure I'm prepared to adjust my shutter speed on my camera. Many haunted houses use LED lighting these days, and this lighting can create a flicker inside of the camera. Sometimes it doesn't look very good, and it can be improved or even completely fixed sometimes by adjusting the shutter speed. I make sure I practice this before I go into the haunted house so I'm not inside there trying to figure it out. I also practice with my manual focus because in certain rooms with a lot of smoke or fog, the autofocus will fail. I prefer autofocus in rooms where it works, but I like to be prepared to switch to manual if I need to. I usually try to show up to a haunted house before it opens and make a plan with the owners to go through it before any customers do. This gives me an opportunity to have the actors perform just for the camera. I tell the actors to pretend the camera is one of the customers, 
but to keep a little distance from the camera lens because if they get up right next to it, they will usually go out of focus. After I go through the haunt um, by myself, I usually return to the line of customers that are waiting to go through and I look for a group to go through with. I try to find a group that looks like they are ready to have some fun and do a lot of screaming. Um, when I find a group that I feel good about, I will approach them and ask if they would mind to have a camera follow them through the haunt. I never pressure them and I always make sure they are comfortable turning me down if they want to. After all, they are paying customers. After I go through the haunt with some groups, I will usually find a good hiding spot in the haunt to film some people as they come through. Once I've done all of this, I usually have enough good footage to make a video of the haunt. Thanks a lot. Thank you, Shane. And if you want to get a hold of Shane, you can contact him at galleon001 at aol.com for Shane McNair of Studio 2. Let me spell that email address for you. G-A-L-I-O-N-001 at AOL.com. So until next time, don't forget to stir the cauldron. In 1897, Dr. Alexander Hammond arrived at an institution for the criminally insane, only to discover the unsolved murders of several guards. Drivers, where are we? Jerry Bain takes you into Black Moon Asylum, a twisted abyss of torment, madness, and the horrifying mystery of Patient 292. Time for your medication. Black Moon Asylum, a symphonic journey into darkness from instrumentalist Jerry Vane. Download Black Moon Asylum at jerryvane.com, iTunes, cdbaby.com, Amazon MP3, and your favorite download site. Prelude to a Nightmare. Prelude to a Nightmare. On the Big Scary Show.
props yourself. If they're worth dressing right, they're worth Von Karam. When you scare enough to wear the very best. VonKaron.com V-O-N-C-H-A-R-O-N.com As we slide back into the swamp where we hid the body, we would like to thank the following sponsors. Screamline Studios Creepy Collection Dark Imaginings Fright Finder Haunt Pay Von Caron Productions and VFX Creates. We'd also like to thank Virgil Franklin, Master of the Ether Muse. And we couldn't do this without the three ghosts, including Badger, Haunt Consulting and More, RabbitBadger.org. Meat Hook Jim, check out his other podcast at WrestleHorror.com. And Storm, Rants and More, HauntMinute.com. And finally, you, the listener. Without you, we are nothing. The Big Scary Show is copyright Big Scary Show LLC, and no rebroadcast of this show may be made without express permission of the owners. All music used on The Big Scary Show is used with expressed permission of the artists themselves.